Welcome to the Thoughts from the Couch podcast. I am your host, Justine Carino, licensed mental health counselor. I am here to lean into conversations about relationships, resilience, and recovery from life's challenges in order to support you on your journey to finding clarity in what you want for your future. We will talk about the things that no one else really wants to talk about in order to help you heal from past wounds and create a life that truly fulfills you. Please note, this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. So my guest today is Darcy Brown, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist in San Diego, California. I came across Darcy on Instagram and her posts about relationships and breakups really caught my attention because it's a topic I talk a lot about with my own clients. And I really get so excited to see other therapists using the Instagram platform. So Darcy, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your career? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, especially to talk about a topic that's really close to my heart. So I've been a therapist for about three years now, and it's actually a second career for me. I was previously, yeah, I was previously an attorney and I worked both in immigration law and then in securities litigation. And as an immigration attorney, I was really drawn to the client's story. And I noticed in myself a desire to get to know the clients on a deeper level. And I longed for more connection with them and being able to really work with them through this experience, which obviously as an attorney, I really couldn't do. So after a few years in practice, then I just felt strongly that this wasn't the right industry for me and that I really needed to make a change, but I wasn't sure which direction to go in. So I took a hiatus from law. And actually during that time, I went through a really bad breakup, interestingly enough. (laughs) So this helps with our topic. Exactly. And while I didn't know it then, the end of that relationship actually precipitated a lot of positive changes in my life, including leading me to becoming a therapist. And since then, what's really stuck with me is how difficult times can actually be the catalyst for beautiful change. Yes, I love that. So now in my work as a therapist, I work with both individuals and couples on a variety of issues. In my work with individuals, as you might imagine, given our topic today, one of my particular areas of interest is working with people who are going through or just went through a breakup. But I'm also really passionate about working with people who want to get to know themselves better or or as I often say, connect deeper with themselves. And then also people who would like to become more active and are struggling to overcome barriers. So that's a little bit about myself and and my career so far. I love that. And you know, Darcy, as I've been talking to people on this podcast, you're not the first one to share that this was like a second career. And I think that is so cool, especially for, you know, my audience listening are, you know, young adults trying to explore themselves and sometimes their career paths change and that can be frightening. And look, what a benefit it has been for you. Absolutely. I, you know, when appropriate, I bring this up sometimes um, in my therapy sessions as I see a lot of 20s and 30s as well. And I think there's sometimes when you're 18 and you pick a career path or you get into a major in college, you end up realizing, wait, I chose this back then. And do I actually want to pursue this? And, and knowing that it's empowering to say, okay, we can change directions at any course in our life. It's not too late. I love that. It's so true. So yes, if you guys haven't picked up on it yet, our topic today is going to be about how to recover from heartbreak. And Darcy's going to talk us about, talk us through her perspective on it. 
and many of my clients are college students, 20, 30-something-year-olds who have gone through breakups, through relationship, heartache, and it's a consistent conversation in my therapy sessions about how to heal from heartbreak. So Darcy, heartbreak really is so painful and all of us go through it at least once, maybe twice, three times in our lifetime. And from what you've seen professionally and personally, what is the emotional process like for someone whose relationship just ended? Like what are the emotions and thought patterns that you see come to surface? Mm-hmm. Well, first, when I first read, when I was first thinking about this, I what comes to mind is that there's no single expected reaction or one way that a person should think or feel in response to a breakup. It's mm-hmm. really highly varied and depends on the person and situation. At the same time, there are some common emotional responses, things like tearfulness, feeling numb, feeling lost, depressed, angry, um, irritable, and feeling like you're in a fog or even feeling out of control. Right. It's also really common for people to question these feelings. I'm often asked by clients, is what I'm feeling normal? And my answer is pretty much always yes. It's really... It's really a normal grief reaction to feel any of those emotions or others following a breakup. You know, I hear a lot of um, clients say to me, like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's been Mm -hmm. this long or like, I can't do this again. I can't, I'm so surprised I'm still feeling this way. Like they're really judging their process with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's really common to critique your own process, your own process and to wonder, am I grieving in the right way? And I also find that it comes up a lot with clients who believe that their breakup was for the best, but they still feel sad or lost or upset. And it's kind of sometimes seeming like they're thinking it's this either or thing. I believe it's for the best. So why do I feel sad? And it can be so powerful to remind them that it's not either or it's both. And it's possible and really very common to know that a breakup was for the best and still feel really sad about it. Great point. And, you know, in terms of like thought patterns, because I do a lot of CBT Mm -hmm. work, I try to look at the thought patterns. I often hear a lot like these fear-based thoughts, like I'm never going to find someone like this again, or I'm always going to be alone. Um, And some of these really, you know, irrational ways to think that feel rational in the moment when you're going through the pain. Absolutely. I hear those as well. I hear, will I ever feel better? How long will this last? Was this my fault? Does this breakup make me unlovable? How will my life be different without this person? And there's a lot of questions that kind of are evoked in the situation, but also statements too, like, I can't believe this happened. I didn't see this coming. I don't know if I can survive this. And I even hear quite commonly, I feel like my life is over. Right, right, because it does feel that way for the Mm -hmm. person. Exactly. I've noticed that there's also a lot of replaying of conversations and moments in the relationship and Mm -hmm. often wishing that they could go back and do it all over again. There's there's a lot of what-if thinking, right? Like, what if I had done or said something differently? Maybe I wouldn't be in this situation right now. That is such a good point. And I also find a lot of people talk about the loss of what they thought could have been, you know, Mm -hmm. like in their mind, maybe this was the person they thought they were going to marry or have kids with, or maybe they're already married, they're going through divorce and like the rest of their lives in their mind was going to be with this person. So it's a big loss and grief about what they thought would be. 
Absolutely. That's a great point. I see that a lot as well. And it's like you create, you might co-create a dream with a person. And then when that dream is shattered with the breakup, it's like, well, what happened to my dream? I, I co-created this with someone else. How do I now, do I have to create a whole new dream? But I like the dream that I used to have, or it just feels like yeah. so overwhelming to think of a, creating a new dream. Yeah, that's a good point. Like they liked the dream they had with that person. How can they imagine it with somebody else or going differently? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great point. So along with like our hurt, our pain, our sadness, when we just break up with someone, we try to compensate with like actions or behaviors to get over it. What kind of actions or behaviors do you see that could actually make it worse for a person trying to get over someone? Absolutely. First and foremost, I would say numbing with drugs and alcohol. I think that it's yeah. a really common coping strategy to want to numb, but it's just really an unhelpful behavior to numb ourselves to our emotions and our experience. And that leads into the second thing I was thinking about is when, when we deny our experience or de they deny their feelings, try to push them away or ignore them, or even telling themselves that they shouldn't feel sad or upset. I find that that can be really damaging as well. And yes. then finally, the third thing I've been thinking about is doing what others tell them was helpful for them instead of seeking answers within themselves and figuring out what works for them. So oftentimes I think we, we look outside of ourselves for answers and really what works for someone else in a breakup might be completely different than what works for us. Such a good point because everyone's been through it and will have their advice and feedback about what worked for them, but doesn't necessarily mean it will work for us when we're healing. Absolutely. Yeah. I also hear, you know, on top of drugs and alcohol, like the random hookups that might mm -hmm. happen or seeking love immediately or jumping into another relationship before they're ready. Have you come across that as well? Absolutely. It's a distraction, you know, right? It's so hard to sit with those feelings of grief and loss and process them that it makes sense that as humans, we would want to seek out comfort from someone else. We would want that validation. Oh, that I am lovable. Someone else will want me. But at the same time, that's then distracting from the healing process. That's really essential to build that foundation for a healthy new relationship good point. And I feel like it could come all together. Like the person's like, all right, it's Friday night. I'm going out, I'm getting drunk and I'm hooking up and I will feel so much better. And usually the next day they feel completely worse. Absolutely. It feels good in the moment or it seems like a good idea in the moment. And then the next day, that feeling of emptiness usually feels even deeper. Yeah, you're so right. So on the contrary, what are some things you think people should do instead of those types of behaviors? What are the more positive ways of coping with this pain? Mm -hmm. The first one that comes to mind is talking with someone they trust. I really, really recommend talking with a therapist because it's a neutral, non-judgmental, and non-directive non person. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, we have the tendency to lean on family members and friends, but what I see is that in many cases, even when loved ones think they're being helpful, they can sometimes make things worse by saying things like, oh, well, you're better off without him, or uh, none of this will matter someday, or there are plenty of other people out there to date. And yeah. what the intent is to make the other person, the person feel better, but actually what the person needs right now in the moment is not to make it better, but for someone to just say, I see you where you're at right now. I can sit with this pain without feeling like I need to make it better. 
And us therapists are trained to do this, which is why I often recommend therapy in response to breakups. I love that. And I also like cringe, like someone might run to a friend or a family member and be like, I'm done. We broke up. And the friend or family member's like, oh, I'm so relieved. I'm so Mm -hmm. glad I couldn't stand him. And it's like, oh, that hurts. And that doesn't make the person feel any better. Right. And I think sometimes they think it will like, oh, I'm validating that she made the right choice or he made the right choice in ending the relationship. But it's missing the point there, right? It's missing the mark that no matter if it was for the best or not, it's still a tremendous loss. And you know, we don't necessarily know where that person is at in their in their process of grieving the loss and and kind of coming to terms with it. So true. And so talking to someone, especially a therapist, is that neutral party to kind of help you in your healing process. You know, and I don't know if this is the right advice or not. And given that you're more of a specialist in this area, I have suggested to clients maybe removing com- communication through like social media, or maybe stop following the person if you find yourself reacting to everything they're posting. Um, some people sit and look at the pictures or the videos with the with their, you know, ex, and they don't want to fully delete them. But I've suggested like putting it on a disk drive and getting it off your computer. Would any of that actually help? That's a really interesting point. So you're talking about having the the person who's kind of grieving this loss kind of remove access to information Trigger. or photos about the ex, the triggers. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's a really interesting point. I think that it's a, dep- I would say it depends. I would say it depends the manner in which they're using that information. If it's causing them to sit there and ruminate and dwell on it, then yeah, that's kind of perpetuating these feelings and really not helpful. But if there's something cathartic about it and that they're looking back on this and they're saying, wow, like, you know, I had some really good times with this person and it, it's sad that I'm lost and this is kind of helping me to, to achieve closure or some sense of peace, then I think it can be helpful. But from what you're saying, it sounds like most of the time it's, and I've seen this as well, that most of the time it tends to be a trigger and it tends to just perpetuate um, rumination and dwelling on the sadness and the, that, that, the sadness of the loss. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So it's really, what's the intention behind observing this person still or you know looking at what they're doing on Instagram or Snapchat mm-hmm. or looking at those photos is it like a positive healing experience or is it more of a negative trigger causing the spiral having to identify that is important absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. I also imagine it would be difficult you know all breakups are different so you could probably break up with someone and never have to see them again unless you made a big effort to but then there's also breakups where that person's really entwined into your life maybe you work together maybe you have close friends in common and you hang out with the same group of people that's a lot harder to then completely like detach and cut off from absolutely it's i think that that adds another layer of the grieving process is like what is this going to look like moving forward who am i going to remain friends with how am i going to face seeing this person every day i think for some of us we've had like you said the situation where we end a relationship and we just can cut ties off we can maybe the the mutual friends were more of the ex's friends and you can just cut those people off but i think it adds another layer of how do i deal with this when you have those mutual friends that you really maybe want to stay in contact with, or you have no choice, but to see them at, at work, like you mentioned. Good point. And then it's a whole different set of situation 
um, circumstances if you have kids with the person. Then it's like you're always going to be tied to that person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's another layer that has to be worked through is like, okay, how do I get move through these feelings enough that I can come to enough peace with the situation that I can coexist and co-parent with this person? Right. Because you have to coexist. And that's such a priority for the kids in that situation, Mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. Great points. So for you in your practice, how do you usually support a client who comes to you because they have such painful emotions from a recent breakup or maybe not even recent, a breakup they had over the past year or so? Um, What is your typical process with that client? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always start by creating that non-judgmental holding space for their experience. I think that's just essential to, to any, any working therapeutic relationship. So my goal is always to create an environment where my client knows that they can share exactly what they're feeling and feel that they will be seen by me and not judged, that it's a safe place that wherever they are at in their experience and in their process, that that will be honored and that they can see me as really a supportive teammate who's walking alongside of them as they weather this storm. So I think that's, that's first and foremost. Yeah, that's important. Absolutely. Um, Next, I would say normalizing their experience. So often just hearing it makes sense that you would feel this way can be so powerful, right? Especially in this situation, I think I so often hear that people feel like they're going crazy during breakups because normal symptoms of grief just are a foreign experience for most of us. So having someone there who's familiar with the symptoms of grief and can really normalize them can be so healing in and of itself. Totally, totally. And I'm glad you bring up grief because a lot of people equate grief with someone's death, Mm -hmm. but really a loss of an attachment to someone or something. Like we can grieve places, people, things. It's not just a death. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. We can grieve times, periods of our life or a loss of a dream, right? So there are all of these things that, like you said, sometimes don't seem like oh, should I be grieving? Should I really associate grief with that? But it actually is part of the grieving process when you experience the loss of someone that you care about. And I think that really also relates to honoring our own process. I think that that's something that always comes into play when I see someone going through a breakup is having my client know that I trust their intuition to know what's best for them. And Mm -hmm. while I'm a support and a guide, I really rely on them to trust their intuition and do my best to honor what works specifically for them and support them in their own unique process. I love that. And I feel like sometimes people come to therapy because they want like the exact formula of, okay, how am I going to handle this? And we don't always have that answer. It's like, how do you think you should handle it the best? Um, Because it's going to be different. And I've seen people get really frustrated when I've said that, like, no, like, you're the therapist, tell me what to do. And I'm like, I I really can't tell you exactly what to do. I can suggest things, I could guide you to trying different things. But there's really no direct formula, especially when it comes to heartbreak, like you're in so much pain, you're desperate to just get over it. So you want someone to tell you exactly how to do it. Absolutely. And I think it goes more to a primitive human um, need or desire for certainty, right? We want to feel comfortable in that place where we've moved through this place of change and we're in a place where we feel safe and comfortable. And if only someone would just give us the formula that would help me get back into my safe, comfortable zone, 
But really, so much of the work with grieving a loss is sitting with the unknown. It's allowing ourselves to feel the pain and be in that experience and say, I don't really know how this is going to turn out, but I'm here processing it instead of ascribing to some, someone else's formula, which might, may or may not make sense given that our situations are so different. Which then leads me to my next question for you. Do you observe a specific timeline of how long it takes to get over someone? Because I hear lots of people come up with this timeline. They're like, oh, I read it takes half the time you're in the relationship to then grieve it or get over it. What do you think of that? I think it's completely arbitrary. And that's, I think, again, a sign of humans desire to put a number on something, right? We want certainty. We want a promise that if I do X, Y, Z, I'll be okay. And I think that that's really kind of unfortunate and often misleading for us to think that if I do this formula or if I wait six months, I'll be okay. And the reason for this, I would say, is that getting over someone is highly subjective because how do you know when you've gotten over someone? right? Is it when you don't think about them anymore? Is it when you start dating someone else? Is it when you think of that person and you feel nothing? What's the, what's kind of that point when you can say, yes, I know that I've gotten over that person, right? That's such a good point because you could even start dating someone else and really enjoy that person and have feelings, but still have some pain from the last relationship. The both can exist at the same time. Absolutely. And I've also just found that it really varies person to person how long it takes to quote unquote get over someone. It, it, things like the relationship length and how much was already processed before the relationship ended and the depth of the intimacy of the relationship. All of these things contribute to someone's emotional process of moving forward from the relationship. And that's actually the wording that I tend to use instead of getting over someone. It's like moving through that grieving process. And when I feel like I've processed and I'm ready to move forward with my life, I don't feel stuck in the grief. That's what I would say you've quote unquote gotten over someone. I love how you reframe gotten over to moving through. I'm totally going to start using that. I think that's brilliant because you're moving through it. Absolutely. And I, I tend to say to clients often that it's less about finding answers, which we all want, right? Um, but it's less about finding answers and more so about being okay with not having every answer, not having a tidy ending. And it's more about reflecting on how the relationship impacted their view of themselves, the world, and what they want to take with them moving forward from this experience. Yes, that's so true. And I also want to go back to something you said before that I forgot to touch base on is you mentioned telling the person to allow and accept all the emotions that come up, all the uncomfortable emotions. And I specialize in anxiety. And one of my interesting conversations with new clients is like, I'm going to expose you to your discomfort. Um, whatever your phobia is, whatever your fears are, whatever's causing you anxiety, in order to treat you, I'm actually going to expose you to that thing that's causing that anxiety. And people can look at me like I'm crazy, like, no, what do you mean? Like, I'm trying to avoid that discomfort. And when we avoid, like you said, the feeling grows and it gets stronger and stronger. So it's so contradictory for people to go to therapy and hear their therapist say like, no, I actually want you to feel anxious about this. No, I actually want you to feel sad about this. I want you to feel uncomfortable because that's going to help move you through and tolerate that emotion. So I'm so glad you brought that up because that's the same advice for someone grieving the loss or of a relationship or a heartbreak. They want to push it away and be over it, but actually that makes it linger. You want them to face those negative feelings. 
absolutely 100% true. And I think one strategy that I use with clients when they say, I'm afraid of feeling that anxiety, I can't sit with those emotions, is that I tell them to be curious about the emotion. When we create a different relationship with emotions and we see them as information or data, they become less scary. Right. I love that. So I often say that curiosity is our best friend always, but especially when it comes to breakups. Humans, we get so caught up in what we should be feeling or judging ourselves and others about our experience. So it can really help to get curious about what you feel and what you need. So for example, like when you're feeling anxiety, okay, so what is that anxiety about? What am I actually afraid of right now? Am I afraid of being alone? Am I afraid of, you know, um, having to have a relationship with my ex? What is that fear? And when we put that fear out there and we acknowledge and we can pinpoint what that fear is, it often becomes a lot less scary because we can name it and we can see it. The way you said feelings are information, it's perfect. And that goes back to like when we were cave people, like our bodies and brains developed a process to inform us about danger and anxiety and and fear or things that brought us comfort or pleasure to survive as a species. So feelings really are information to our brains about what's going on. We needed it. Exactly. And I think that's that's one of the most powerful tools, especially with people who are anxious or um, are prone to feeling angry. I often tell them, get curious about that. Instead of being afraid of it, when you, you can accept it a lot easier when you're like, huh, I wonder why I'm feeling angry right now. This is just my body giving me some information. I'm going to listen to it and see, hey, what, what is anger trying to tell me right now? You can give it a voice. I love that. That is so true. So helpful, Darcy. So what kind of, you know, you've given plenty of advice and tips. Are there any other specific advice or tips you have for someone who was just broken up with? How can they get through the next few months? First and foremost, though, I would say lean into what works. So oftentimes we think of the human experience post-breakup as just like a flat line of sadness or of anger. And I think when you start to get more, um, when you start to pay attention more to what you're feeling and you're getting curious about it, you'll, people will probably notice that, oh, wow, there actually is a moment in the day where maybe I felt a little bit less bad, or maybe I felt a moment of contentment. And so if you can identify, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe that was when I took a walk. Okay. Do more of what works. Lean into the things that are bringing you even just a little bit of comfort. And people might say, well, I felt great when I got drunk last night. (laughs) (laughs) It it has to be, you know, a conversation. Well, you felt great temporarily, but what were the negative side effects of something like that? You help them understand the positive things to lean into. Right. Exactly. I would also say finding supportive people who will listen and support their process. As I mentioned earlier, humans have to process their own grief, but we don't have to do it alone. Sharing your story, sharing you know fears about the future can be really healing. At the same time, we touched on earlier about boundaries. So whether that's setting boundaries with your ex about, I'm not, we're agreeing not to talk to each other. I need to heal during this time, or whether it's boundaries with family members who are telling them how to cope or they're not really helping in the way that they're trying to support them. So setting those boundaries, I think is really important. Um, And I think having a therapist, as we talked about earlier, is so helpful in this because sometimes we wonder, is this, is, should I set this boundary? Do I feel okay with this? Or just in just talking through what boundaries make sense for me, what's going to support me in my healing. 
And I have one final one too, is that remembering that this time won't last forever, that this relationship doesn't define them, that they're more than this relationship, and they may be surprised at the direction that their life goes in the wake of the breakup. And that's so hard for someone to see in the beginning, right? They're like, how can my life be any better? I'm completely devastated without this person. But with time, it, your life does go in a different direction and can lead you to other people because of the breakup. Absolutely. And I think that as we talked about at the beginning, sometimes when we're first in the, in the midst of that grieving process, we can't hear that. We can't even fathom. We, we're not in the space to be able to hear, oh, things will get better in the future. But that's something that I think that keeping that in the back of our minds is useful when the time comes, right? Maybe not initially in that breakup when you, all you want to do is, is feel that pain, but down the road kind of starting to think, okay, so when I come out of this, yeah, maybe, maybe there is something that I can take away from this that will help me to move forward and to, to learn something from this experience. Yes, so true. It's such a great way to reframe the whole perspective on it. Yeah. Absolutely. So what kind of services are you currently offering clients? Sure. So I currently offer individual and couples therapy services um, in California. And with COVID-19, all of my therapy right now is done virtually um, through a secure platform. Um, and then in addition to psychotherapy, I am doing, I host virtual workshops on a variety of topics, some that include yoga into them. And I I um, have list all my upcoming workshops on my website and on my Instagram account. And also on my website, I have three free workbooks that are available to download. First one is Leading an Active Lifestyle. The second one is Coping with Grief and Loss. And the third, it's most relevant here, is actually a Healing from Heartbreak workbook. So um, anyone can download that. It's completely free. You can print it out. You can make notes along the way. And it's something that, I, it, as I mentioned at the start of this, heartbreak is just so near and dear to my heart because I think it's just such a universal human experience. And it was, it was really a goal of mine to create this workbook to, to provide some support for people who are going through this as well. Wow. I really love that. So anyone can just go and download and start working on themselves through these workbooks. That's awesome. Absolutely. And the final thing is I put out a monthly newsletter that's emailed to everyone on my list and can be downloaded and printed out. And each month I talk about a different way that we all can connect deeper with ourselves. And I include journal and reflection prompts in it. And it's just a way for anyone who's interested in general self-development or getting to know themselves better, um, especially during COVID-19, we have free, more, most of us have more free time right now, and it might be a nice time just to get to know ourselves a little bit better. That's amazing. So what is your Instagram handle for people to find you? My Instagram is Darcy, D-A-R-C-I-E-M-F-T. Awesome. Well, Darcy, this was amazing. I want to share with everybody because everyone goes through a heartbreak. So I'm so thankful you were able to share some of your expertise on this topic. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to the information shared during this episode. Please consider subscribing so you can stay updated when new episodes are released. And don't forget to check out the podcast show notes to find any resources that were mentioned in today's conversation. Thank you for listening and enjoy all the moments your day has to offer you.